Hello and welcome to the 365 Talk Social Media Podcast. This week, Abby and I are gonna be talking about wellness in terms of working in social media and also using social media. The day that this podcast goes out is World Suicide Prevention Day, and we're gonna have a ton of resources shared on our socials in terms of if you are struggling, need someone to speak to, it's okay to seek help. It's so important to make sure that you and your mental health are doing well. And so today we wanted to just share some tips in terms of both the business side of social media and also how we use it personally to make sure that it doesn't become too overwhelming because unfortunately it does for a lot of people and it is often the kind of center cause of a lot of ideologies in terms of what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. And yeah, it's a bit of a minefield. So let's start with working in social media because I think that especially with working from home, there's a lot more difference in terms of switching on and switching off. So let's talk about how we do that, steps that we recommend or follow ourselves to make sure that you know you maintain that work-life balance. It's really important, especially over the last kind of year and a half we've had. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's tricky. Like you say, from working from home, you're not necessarily going to work. So one of the things I found really helpful was making sure you still had your same like work day routine. So I'd still get up, get dressed, have a coffee, whatever, to make sure you're getting into that mindset. But then you can also leave that mindset at the end of the day and, and clock off from that. Not everyone has been necessarily privileged enough to have a spare bedroom or spare space in their house to to create an office space. But that is, is something I've been able to do. We've got a spare bedroom. So creating that little space that I can shut the door on at the end of the day and go, right, work Abbey is over now. This mm-hmm. is this is my time to have to myself has been really beneficial. Initially, especially where video calls weren't as apparent, like it was very easy to stay in comfy clothes. Mm. But then I soon realized that like working is a mindset. So exactly the same routine. I got up, got myself ready, got you know, clothes that I would wear to work on, set up my office space and I would work. And that really helped, you know, some people, I've seen it a lot on TikTok where people would like work from their bed. Mm. And it's like, that's not a good environment because you're not productive. Yeah. If you're sitting in a desk and it also forces you to take a break in terms of making a tea or something like that, that you would do in an office environment and just replicating that at home has been really good. And to the point now, I definitely prefer that environment because over the last year and a half, I've learned how to basically be extremely mindful of my time and how to work best on my own that I've got so used to that that when we come into the office together on our set days it's like this feels really out of routine Mm. and yeah I've got really used to that so I'll have like something else that really helps me in terms of getting into like the zone is listening to podcasts that are relevant to kind of business so I really enjoyed the diary of a CEO podcast by Stephen Bartlett He's the newest dragon on Dragon's Den. And that's really good because you're hearing inspirational people that own companies or, you know, celebrities, whatever it is, talk about their experience going from kind of like zero to hero and understanding their growth and also how they think about their teams in terms of like respecting their teams and things that they've put in place to make sure that their team's wellness is really important. Mm. And you get that insight from other people. And I think it's really Something like that just helps me kind of listen in and tune in and think of work. 
And that's not something that I would necessarily listen to personally. Yeah. So finding that differentiation is really good. Um, that's not to say that I've had like absolute bangers blasting sometimes. <laughs> But, you know, it's just making sure that environment is a good one for you and it makes you happy and you're not kind of feeling like too honed in somewhere. Mm. Um, I think another thing for me that has probably taken me too long to realise is take your emails off your phone. I was going to say the exact same thing. So I, um, I still have my emails on my phone. Yeah. So I'm a bit of a hypocrite, but I have notifications off now. Mm. So historically, and I've worked here, we've both worked here now for over five years, and I always had emails on my phone, notifications on, and that's not healthy. No. So, you know, it's setting those expectations. And sometimes, and there have been instances where we have like work WhatsApp group chats with clients and us, and we, due to the hours we service, it goes beyond our working hours. So the team here are still working. So there are instances where I'll get notifications through a work chat where, you know, the team are asking the team something and it's worthwhile me reading that. But I don't have that expectation of being always on. Yeah. And um, I think it's really difficult in the world of social media because it's hard to switch off because if you're not using it for business, you're using it personally. Yeah. But for me, making sure that notifications off and the next step will be eventually to take it off of my phone completely mm. is setting those boundaries of like, when I'm in work, I'm in work. When I'm not in work, I'm not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm getting there. Um, I think it's just something that I'm so used to. But I would definitely say that if you kind of have emails on your phone, definitely turn off notifications if not delete the app completely and mm. it just sets those expectations for other people because unfortunately you know you you might jump off on an evening reply to some emails then it goes from something you've done to like get ahead for yourself to then an expectation yeah not just in terms of business but also from a client perspective if suddenly you're not responding to them at night when you did before they're thinking hang on I'm not getting that same service whereas you should have never done that before yeah um so just kind of signing off and just making sure you have like your own time with your family or yourself whatever your home dynamic is just making sure that it's not work mode yeah and if you if you do need notifications on perhaps you you travel a lot for work you do work a lot from your phone um I can't remember whether it's Android or iOS but there is like a work mode so you can mm. set notifications to be on during a certain part of the day, so like nine to five or eight till six or whatever, just to give you that healthy balance of not having to look at your phone when this when these things ping off, because half the time, the emails can always wait till the morning. Mm. It's, it's not the end of the world if you don't reply at half past nine at night. No, I completely agree. And I think that it's just finding that balance of how you work efficiently but also how you turn off efficiently yeah and I guess in terms of like other wellness just generally in terms of like work like I mentioned taking those regular breaks in terms of making a cup of tea or on a lunch break I remember at the height of the first lockdown I realized I hadn't like left my house yeah and that for me like with it being really sunny outside that for me was something like I felt like I hadn't got outside so my lunch breaks I would take on the go and just do like a loop around my street or mm. things like that that just made sure that I got out got some fresh air so now granted we're kind of coming out of the summer this year but you know just where you can just putting a coat on and going for a 10 minute walk does so much good for your mental health mm -hmm. you know eating healthy all of these cliches that you're probably sick of like people kind of mentioning but you know if I find especially if I eat rubbish I feel rubbish yeah so making sure that I just don't 
you know, just because I'm at home doesn't mean I need to eat like the contents of the fridge. I can just even just still make myself a lunch, mm. you know, making sure that you're accountable for what you're eating in the day. And then of an evening when you're switching off, you don't have to feel like, oh, I've actually ate what I was meant to eat tonight then. Yeah. Um, just those little kind of things in terms of making the balance, I think is really healthy. I think that's, that's something a lot of people have struggled with is things like diet and exercise when you are at home because of that that switching off but like even just making sure you get your however many ounces of water a day mm -hmm. having a, a big old bottle by your desk taking those those breaks just to just to rest your eyes even if you don't don't mm -hmm. stretch your legs just to look at something that's not a screen because most of our lives are lived through a screen not even during, during lockdown but in this digital age we live in people are constantly on their phones or on facetime watching telly, watching YouTube on their laptop, the ways we relax are very similar to the ways we work and that we're processing everything through a screen. Mm. I loved my blue light glasses as well. They mm. really helped stop, because I used to get really bad migraines when I kind of like wake up, computer, and then there was no kind of like, you know, commuting forces me to drive instead yeah. of looking at a screen. And don't get me wrong, the absence of a commute has definitely benefited my wellness a lot more because I get more time with my family and my mm. daughter, which has been brilliant. Um, but it's those little things that making sure you take that time off in terms of like five minute breaks in the day as you would in the office, yeah. just to rest your eyes and those blue light glasses really help me there. So I guess, obviously that's just a handful of things that we could probably mention. I'm sure that if we interviewed every single person in the office today, <laughs> we'd probably get a slightly different response because everyone adapts to working from home slightly differently. I think now let's talk about how we personally use social media um, because I think this has been quite a journey for me specifically. And I've learned very recently to just take control. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I think that when it comes to mental health and social media, the platform I think most to is Instagram. Same. Because Facebook is very curated with friends and family. I don't, you know, yeah, you probably see the best bits of someone's life, but like nine times out of 10, you probably at least know of them. Mm. So, you know, that's, you kind of know that that's kind of curated. And I'm not gonna put that I've had like a rubbish day on Facebook, but <laughs> if I go out or go to wedding or whatever, I'll probably put a nice picture up. So, mm. you know, I think that you can kind of filter that out a bit easier. Yeah. Um, Twitter, I don't really use in the same way, but again, I don't feel as affected by that in terms of what people post because it's just so short. And I think a lot of my Twitter is actually very like reactionary. Mm. And I probably use Twitter mainly for news. So yeah, like in the lockdowns, it's pretty depressing. Mm. Seen in terms of like people that had the um, illness, people that were dying and like, but I could also turn that off if I didn't want to see that. Yeah. Um, and then I also was watching the briefings every night and things like that was probably not great. Yeah. Um, but Twitter for me is more of a news kind of platform and reaction platform. Yeah. But Instagram is something that I've changed really dramatically over the last probably two years and I stopped following people that I don't care for their content mm -hmm. so I feel like Instagram especially when it was kind of like when we kind of got onto it and it was growing as a platform you almost felt like you owed it to people to follow them yeah uh, and even if like you follow someone and like you don't want them to know you've not followed them you can actually just hide like their profile mm. so without actually unfollowing them where they might see that and think oh like you're being funny you can just hide their content yeah so I just find that like if there's anyone or anything that I'm like that 
doesn't serve me a good purpose or I'm seeing that and that makes me feel slightly unhappy whether that's you know people that I especially over the lockdowns where like people are still going away mm. and like, I would see their content and it would make me really angry because yeah. I was like you know ev- everyone's doing all of these things to make sure that we're not you know we're not breaking the rules people hadn't seen family for months and there's these people that are going on holiday with no care in the world I just unfollowed them because I was like, I don't need to see that. And it riled me up. Yeah. So things like that. And it, for me as well, it, it's across all different types of themes or people or whatever. Um, but it really heightened over the last two years. And I've just basically really kind of gone down who I follow. And granted, I probably still follow too many people. <laughs> but I'm still trying to like, if I see something that I'm like, I don't like that, don't care for that. Or I start noticing actually this person just makes me feel this kind of way. Just unfollow them. Yeah. And you can do that so easily. Um, And I remember listening to the Stephen Bartlett podcast I was talking about. He puts a huge emphasis in terms of like social media. Only you curate what you see. Mm -hmm. So you have the power to remove what you see. Yeah. And I kind of had to hear that from someone else to think yeah, you're right, like, I don't, like, not everyone's seeing this same content, and, yeah, that for me has been really important in terms of just making sure when I open Instagram up, and I'm someone that does go on Instagram, again, probably too much, but it's helpful, and I now follow people that are more kind of motivating, or, you know, there's certain things that I believe or want to see more of, so I make sure that I follow that. Yeah, absolutely, I've done the same, like, Especially, I feel like mum Instagram is a mm. real highlight reel of stuff and it can, it can really affect the mental health of, of people in general. But like having that picture perfect life, even people that try to share the reality doing those little air speech quote things, um, it's still very much curated. They've curated sharing that reality and... Yeah. That's something I found very strange. I, I unfollowed a lot of people recently because it, it was just making me angry. And the same with Twitter. I'm on Twitter quite a lot and certain aspects of Twitter can be very toxic. A lot of sports communities on Twitter, certain groups on Twitter can be quite triggering for a lot of people. So the Twitter mute function has been, <laughs> has been a godsend. Keywords slam them in and they're gone the only thing is i don't want to see these things twitter if you're listening when people quote tweet people that i've blocked don't don't let me see that that's not what this is about (laughs) and the good thing as you mentioned there you can mute kind of like people on twitter and on instagram you can actually mute certain words Mm. um so it's taking control of that as well which i think is really important yeah this is where i've loved tiktok though yeah because i feel like tiktok has been so authentic where Instagram hasn't been. Yeah. And there's things, and I think the mum kind of community is a really good example on Instagram because when I was having my child, it was kind of like, you know, you want to follow, I want to get ideas, like, you know, this is new territory, I don't know what I'm doing. And actually soon you realise no one knows what they're doing, but it's how you picture it. Yeah. And I think they, they just put a lot of pressure in terms of what you're giving your child to eat, especially in the first lockdown where people were working full-time, children were off school or out of childcare. Mm-hmm. There was this expectation that you're this super mum, that you know, you're working full-time, but you have this array of activities and your children are yeah. learning everything, they're doing activities, you're going for walks and you're doing this. And it's like, 
that's not real and also people struggle with that expectation yeah. um, and the same goes for kind of every community within Instagram I think there's pros and cons for everything it's just understanding that it's a filter mm. in terms of their life but that's like I say that's why I've loved TikTok because I've just felt it's a bit more real yeah and I've just managed to I feel like I relate a lot more to some things um, but like even just things like how you make a super whipped iced coffee, you know, yeah. things like that, that it's like, that helped people more than seeing this picture perfect life on Instagram. Yeah. Or how, you know, you can do little hacks or something that instead of being not really a hack, but you're pretend pretending it is because you want to have this real on Instagram that goes viral. Actually, TikTok was like, it's like the poor quality, no production, yeah. just doing something and sharing it and they get genuine engagement because mm. it's like, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think that when we bring it back to mental health, it's it's just that realization that social media, you know, people work in social media, brands are all curated, their content is curated. It's an industry for a reason because, mm. you know, you want it to come across in the right way. People obviously use social media enough to warrant this industry kind of being created. But at the heart of it, whether that's people within our team that respond to Facebook comments all the time, people that are engaging with people, people that are just using it, you know, anyone that uses social media is a person at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and so when you're kind of getting irate with a brand because they've messed up your order, you're not speaking to the CEO. <laughs> You know, you might like to think you are and kind of like the way that you're speaking to people, you know, I get it and we've seen it. There's reasons to be frustrated, but you are not speaking to the person that's done the problem. You're speaking to someone, whether that's an agency behind the messages, whether that's someone in-house, customer service team, and they have to take your anger, your frustration, and they have to take it in. Yeah. And even if they don't intend to, and you can kind of read a lot of things and understand an issue and you know provide a solution you still kind of take that home yeah absolutely. and you know I especially for one of our clients uh last Christmas there was quite a lot I think Christmas is a bit of a difficult situation in terms of working with particular brands and there was um quite a lot of safeguarding issues as we come towards kind of the holidays and then especially how the government rules changed so last minute there was a particular safeguarding issue that kind of centered around suicide and our team had to deal with that. Yeah. And it's things like that, that it's just, it makes it so important. As a company, you're looking out for the welfare of your staff because our team do not know what message they're about to read. No. You know, and we could say, similar to us, we don't know what email we're about to get. And I can get emails from a client that's really annoyed. And it makes me annoyed because, mm. you know, you take that emotion on. And I think that when it comes to just using social working in social whatever it might be you just need to remember that everyone's a person within this kind of sphere and we're all trying to just make everything go as well as we can yeah but sometimes like, everyone's human yeah absolutely I see a lot of things um, especially around things like the holidays like be kind to the people that are making you coffee for you in somewhere like Costa. Be kind to the people that are serving you dinner if you go out on Christmas day mm. and it is the same thing in social media it is customer service all we try to do is help like you say there is a person behind the screen and I think it's more difficult to associate that because this person isn't right in front of you 
Yeah. But I guess that's a conversation to have about name sign-offs. Yeah, definitely. Sneak peek for another episode. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about that next week because it was a conversation I've had recently with a brand in terms of like signing off names and if that helps humanise responses. So definitely something that... You know, I think that we should all kind of talk about and consider. Mm. Um, but just to kind of conclude this episode, I just wanted to say that if you are struggling kind of like with your mental health or, you know, it doesn't even have to be because you work in social media, just yeah. genuinely, if you have listened to this podcast and you think, you know what, like I would benefit from speaking to someone how I feel because I don't feel right. Um, there's tons of different resources and I would recommend giving Samaritans a call. So you can call them on 116123 um, for free and it's just someone at the end of the phone to provide some resource to help you. And sometimes all it takes is a conversation to just help you see the bigger picture or help you, you know, find the help that you need to get. So again, that number is 116123 and we'll have additional resources on our Facebook page and socials as well today just to make sure that anyone that does follow us that needs a nudge in terms of speaking to someone can do so. Um, but that's all from us this week. I hope that this has helped anyone, whether that's wondering how you can help your mental health in social media or if you work in social media. It's definitely a tricky one and I think that every job role comes with its difficulties. Um, but that's the beauty of speaking to someone is that you're not alone in how you're feeling. So that's all from us this week. We hope you've enjoyed the episode and we'll catch up with you next week. Bye. Bye.